Hello there, my name is Jeff and welcome to the Game Sharks Podcast, episode 17, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, superheroes. Okay, yeah, that one's actually pretty high up on the list. Uh, are we uh, going to continue the Batman <laughs> Spider-Man debate? Not only are we going to continue it, we're going to conclude it. Okay. Oh, All right. okay. Adam, so Adam, now, Adam, I feel like Adam. we concluded it pretty well last episode. Adam, I don't know if you uh, I did. I, okay. I heard it. So we, I'm, I'm, I'm clapped today on the ones I missed. We got a variety of emails weighing in on the, the heated Batman versus Spider-Man debate. So we are going to definitely do I that. more than one email? We got three yeah. total emails. Oh my god, new record. That is a variety compared to usual. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go through... I'm, gu- I'm guessing Steve is still in there, right? Yeah, of course Steve's in there. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna go through those. We're going to do some new stuff, some crazy new patents. Some people can win some money from uh, hacking. And uh, we got some scalping news. Uh, and then the main topic we're going to talk about is what we were going to talk about last week, but ran out of time because we talked about Final Fantasy way too much. Uh, games that have been remade that are our favorite games that are remakes and then also games that we would like to see be remade because they are games that we like so much that are kind of outdated but you know and video games and video games thank you uh, <laughs> but we got to start with the conclusion to the hotly highly debated uh batman versus spider-man argument so we're gonna go first to my good friend who currently lives in alaska dan santos he uh gave us he sent us a nice email but he took a step uh, further than everyone else he sent an audio email so we're gonna we're gonna give it a listen and see what dan has to say hello game sharks jeff his kin friends and guests Uh, i thought i would do a voice recording so i can stumble over my own words instead of jeff having to do that (laughs) So um, there's a few things I wanted to mention, so I guess I'll just put them in bullet points. First of all, Spider-Man would definitely beat Batman. Uh, Batman's quote-unquote superpower is just intelligence and lots of money. Uh, He's pretty much DC's moody Iron Man. So Peter Parker, just being wicked smart, um, I think that Batman would probably just try to trap Spider-Man and then somehow Spider-Man would get out of it but accidentally kill batman in the process because i guess that's usually what happens with spider-man and all of his uh i guess friends dads so that i think that spider-man would definitely be batman uh all right so i'm gonna pause it there for now um (laughs) that's that's dan's take on uh the batman versus spider-man debate he goes on and says a bunch more stuff so i just wanted to i don't know kind of intervene there and just say okay one one point for spider-man I don't know, man. I think that just kind of settles it. <laughs> it's a pretty good argument, but we'll wouldn't see. even need to read the other two emails. Uh, but he goes on to co- talk about a couple more things. So let's see, hear what he has to say. Um, the Dual Sense controller is really cool, but I do miss how Sony had that classic design for years, like the Dual Shock One to Three. Um, their consistency was very on brand, like with their naming mechanics and everything. Um, and it's a nice contrast between like other consoles with just like the xbox's ridiculous naming mechanics and also uh the nintendo's kind of more creative ones but also like the really ridiculous but awesome nintendo controller so i really like that consistency that playstation had and i'm a little bit sad to see it kind of diverging more away from those original three controllers so yeah he obviously isn't a super huge fan of the the dual sense uh design which i can get behind i i can appreciate the fact that 
he likes consistency um like he was saying it's and we were saying too it's been the same for the last four consoles and this is the first time they're actually doing something different so it's gonna be weird for sure uh, i mean but even something different is still a pretty standard controller all things considered yeah I, that's fair also it hasn't been the same <laughs> it's, been... it's been gradually changing if anything it it's like in line with what they've been doing you think so i yeah i, I guess mean, the ps4 controller does have a giant button in the middle yeah but like the same it's got the same general design and shape that all the other ones have had still i don't know i guess it's, like it's each it's one has like... been very small increments and then so if you just are looking from uh the ps1 controller to the ps5 controller i could you can definitely see where it's like whoa that's very different but i guess if you are looking at it from the point of each one um it's pretty it's still kind of incremental from the dual shock four just with it being a new color and fancy lights on it in different places because the four still had fancy lights on it too oh yeah um and it's not like they made a wii remote you know that's true uh all right uh jeff i do appreciate how you appreciate USB-C. I appreciate that you appreciate that <laughs> I appreciate USB-C. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, I'm not much of a great gamer anymore. Uh, between work, a wife, a toddler, uh, video games are just a real luxury that usually only happens when everyone else goes to bed. My buddy let me borrow his PlayStation 4 because uh, all I have is a Switch. So I've been playing um, God of War because that was recommended to me because I am a father. I've been slowly working my way through it, and so far I've been enjoying it. Um, yes, it's that that uh, kind of tactile feedback that you get from the axe throw is very satisfying, and I know everybody's talking about it now. Uh, most of the games I actually play are on mobile because I can take short 15 to 30 minute sessions um, just while I'm waiting in the car or um, like if I'm... I guess just have a break at work or if I'm just hanging out, um, you know, 15 minutes is, is fine for me to play a game. Uh, and so there's a new game that came out by that game company called Sky. And it's awesome. It's just like uh, Journey for PlayStation 3, but with more collectibles, very unique co-op multiplayer. Um, I know the guys mentioned before that um, you played some mobile games like Runeterra and Pokemon Go. Um, so I actually would love to hear more about your thoughts on the platform that we all carry around in our own pockets. Uh, to close, I have two trivia questions. Oh, we're not going to listen to those trivia questions. We're going to do that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so God of War, Dan. That was my game of the year for 2018. That's one hell of a game. Uh, I thought Celeste was your game of the year. That was 2017? Year. That was 2018? Uh-huh. Then yes, yeah, Celeste was my game of the year. God of War was a close runner-up. Um, uh-huh. Celeste is so good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, happy to hear you're playing that. Uh, I don't really play a lot of mobile games. What happens is I'll download a lot of mobile games and then never open them. For instance, uh, a Final Fantasy tactic style game came out like a month ago. And I downloaded it, never opened it. Uh, the Mario Kart game that came out, downloaded that, never opened it. So I don't know. I just never find myself um, having time... like. I don't have the short bursts to play games. I usually have like longer sessions. And then when I have a longer session, I'm going to opt to play a PC game, a Switch game, 
Um, and I think even if I do have those smaller windows, grabbing the switch is such an easy thing for me to do. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I don't really play a lot of mobile games. I don't know about you guys. No, definitely not. I think I downloaded, um, TFT mobile and played maybe two games total on it. Yeah. I tried out mobile TFT and the screen's a bit too small. Yeah. It's definitely significantly easier to play TFT on the PC. Um, what about you, Derek? Any mobile games? Uh, I normally stray away from mobile games, uh, but I did recently download, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of 10 million. Nope. That's or, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, it's, or it, there's its sequel, You Must Build a Boat. <laughs> nope. Okay. So they, uh, I believe they, they came out, uh, long, a few years ago, maybe. I think You Must Build a Boat came out in 2015, but they, so they're match for uh roguelites ish kind of games okay um so you're you go into the dungeon and you basically there's you have a grid in front of you and there's uh, i think there's five different five or six types of tiles and you just have to match four by swiping left and right the rows and columns and so if like there's enemies in your path and so like if you run into a uh monster you want to match up four swords or four wands to cast a spell or hit him with so there's like some strategy to it like it's not just like hey just try to match as fast as you can like you have to pay attention because if you're just like matching money you're gonna die um so it's a, it's a pretty interesting game and then as you you earn money and experience you can like upgrade your guy and um the way they do it is through like in 10 million you're in like this weird building and you like unlock new rooms and you must build a boat you literally build a boat um and like people come on your boat and they help you by like giving you upgrades it's it's an interesting it's a good time waster because it takes like two minutes to do a run uh (laughs) and you just like do a couple of things and then so it's it's a really good mobile game i think i played you must build a boat on the pc um when it first came out, and then I don't know what I, I can't remember why I was just like sitting on the couch, like, oh, what about that game? I could play that right now because I didn't feel like walking over to my <laughs> Switch or <laughs> my computer. Uh, but that's really the only like I think I, I played that the most out of any mobile game I've ever played. So uh, yeah, I definitely I think when I was like younger, I played you know like Angry Birds and random games when they came out but like now i don't even touch mobile mobile games except this game (laughs) cool uh well thank you very much dan for reaching out to us we preach appreciate it and uh we're gonna hit up your trivia questions at the end of the episode so get ready for that guys but that is one point for spider-man let's move on to our (laughs) second email from one steve uh steve said hello everyone so big surprise here, I am 100% with Tcon. Batman has much more useful batting, battle slash fighting intelligence and is unrelenting with limited qualms. Yes, Spider-Man is smart, but he is book smart. Batman figures out how to defeat almost any enemy, including Spider-Man, who is much stronger. Oh, sorry. Including Superman, who is much stronger than Spider-Man. Spider-Man is an emotional child slash young adult. Batman is an adult who, at the end of the day, would not hesitate to crush Spider-Man's head on the sidewalk. I don't care if Spider-Man can use his strength to stop a train. Batman could and would think of a way to stop that train. Peter Parker might get a bloody nose 
go home and cry on Aunt May's and Happy's arms. Wah, wah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I will say that Venom right, would be able to beat Batman, idea. though. Oh, and Green Goblin, a lesser Batman, also beats Spider-Man. So by that logic, <laughs> Batman would stop Spider-Man. Uh, so I guess that's one point for Batman. Uh, Steve got real uh, personal and aggressive there. Yeah, for real. Jeez, yeah. Uh, I mean, but but he beat Superman because Kryptonite, right? So I think so. But yeah, that's yeah, it's one to one right now. So we'll see what our third emailer has to say. Uh, Steve goes right, on to say, right. I went to read the Bloomberg uh, Sony PS5 article. In my opinion, it seems like Sony is is try to drive down by have a low supply. <laughs> that's his words. <laughs> Since they can't do their usual promotional tour, why can't why can't have beta models in GameStop or other high traffic areas for people to try? Reducing the supply by a third seems to make sense in these financial unstable times too. Uh, well, obviously they can't have uh, test models in GameStops and other high traffic areas because those don't exist right now. Now is the time. Now or like the summer is the time where you'd want to get those out there, and it's looking like that's not going to be an option. Um, so it looks like they're more so like we talked about last week going the luxury model or the luxury product route where it's at first going to be high priced and it's going to be for the people who want to pay that crazy price and they'll make their money through those fewer units. Uh, so, yeah. And then he goes on to say, did you guys play the Valorant beta or are you guys planning on doing a review of Valorant? Seems like it's a pretty big hit on Twitch. Best Steve. Uh, so that I guess would fall onto you, Derek, because you're the only one who's played it. I actually, uh, not even an hour ago, got my key to play the Valorant Valorant beta. Oh, nice. Yeah. So maybe tomorrow I'm definitely free all night. Maybe we can play a little bit of Valorant. Yeah. Th- not me. Um. Yeah. I I have been playing. It. I've been playing it still here and there, uh, enjoying it. But I don't know. I was like, say, I, I don't know if I could do a, a review or something for the for the site, just because I'd I feel like I don't know enough about uh, that style of, of games. But uh, maybe maybe I could think about it. Maybe not if not a, if not a review, maybe like uh, just a, a some, preview. Yeah, some thoughts on it as a whole. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we are going to move on. So it's one to one in the Batman Spider Man debate. The last email comes in from. Uh, a friend of the show, former guest Matt of the What Did We Miss podcast, who's also my brother. Very <laughs> big uh, comic book enthusiast. One might call him an expert. So we have... Uh, and that one is Matt. <laughs> I think I would classify him as an expert. <laughs> uh, I'll, give, I'll give him that. We have... It's a lengthy email, but from my interpretation of it, it's a pretty definitive answer on the Batman Spider-Man debate. Are you guys ready? We might be okay. here for a couple minutes, but it's a it's a good one. <laughs> Matt said, "Gentlemen, being a fan of superhero comics means that at some point in your life you've probably gotten into a superhero X versus superhero Y conversation. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice was built on this idea that fans would want to see the DC Comics too big Two big heavies go up against each other. Ultimately, all this argument ever reveals is the arguer's superhero of choice, and rarely does it ever in any sort of truth or enlightenment. Not that any of these arguments have any kind of merit outside some nerdy bragging rights. So, how do you determine the winner of a battle between Batman and Spider-Man? At first glance, it would seem that Spider-Man is the obvious winner. Any superpowered being such should be able to best a normal person, no matter how well equipped with 
relative ease. Not so fast, says Batman fans. Batman is smart. And often an off-sighted example of Batman's cunning ability to see 10 steps ahead of his opponent is Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, a story in which Batman comes out of retirement to clean up the streets of Gotham once again. Good old Bats defeats a government-sanctioned Superman in, in hand-to-hand combat in the final issue in a four-part miniseries. And how does he best his former friend and co-worker? With kryptonite, duh. Superman was so powerful that the creators had to invent a deus ex machina device in order to give his character any sort of obstacle for his opponents, from his opponents. With the right type of kryptonite, a baby could defeat Superman, as it makes him weak and sick until he eventually dies. I'm sorry, but a billionaire acquiring a rare material, one that is publicly known to cripple Superman, is not evidence of Batman's brilliant brilliant strategic mind. I'm sorry I'm butchering this. I'm a really bad reader. It's evidence that he has a lot of money. This rich equals smart equation is what got us Trump as a president. And if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna reference one of the most popular Batman comics, that it's only fair that fair to open up the playing field to thousands plus issues of Batman comics and stories from television and film. The faux realism of the Christopher Nolan Batman could in no way, shape, or form defeat any version of Spider-Man. Not when he's nearly bested by a pack of dogs. Nor do I think that cheeky adam west version in the 60s could best a coronavirus infected one-armed spidey on his best day (laughs) let's not even talk about pirate batman heck most of justice league stories revolve around heavy hitters superman and wonder woman taking down the big bad while batman remains a safe difference away solving the problems solving tech problems and none of this takes into account the myriad number of times that he's been able to He's infested by two-bit criminals that time his back was broken and the 15, yes, 15 times that he has died. Don't worry, he got better. Fair is fair and we're going to apply this same sort of rigorous look into Batman's history that we are, that we also have to evaluate Spider-Man in the same way. Spidey has also bested top-tier Marvels such as Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk. What about Spidey's Spidey-mobile? Could Batman defeat the Iron Spider costume? Spider-Man even faced off against Superman in a copy and a company crossover in the 70s. Side note, Spidey was winning until they both realized that they were being duped by Lex Luthor. Isn't that always the way? But Spidey has also faced his fair share of defeat and death. Oddly enough, Spider-Man has also died 15 times. What are the odds? At least they have that in common. But where does this leave us? Here is a quote from Stan Lee, which I hope will clarify things a little. He said, quote, So one question I'm always asked, who win in a fight? And there's one answer to all of that. It's so simple. Anyone should know this. The person who would win the fight is the person that the script writer wants to win. If I'm writing a story about the thing from the Fantastic Four and he gets into a big fight with Spider-Man and millions of people out there who say, who would win? Well, it depends on who I want to win. If I'm writing the script, if I want Spider-Man to win, he'll win. If I want the thing to win, he'll win. These... These are fictitious characters. The writers can do whatever they want with them. So stop asking these questions because I've had it with that. End quote. It's possible to determine an outcome based on their individual histories precisely because any outcome is predicted on whatever the writer needs and wants from that story. Of course, Batman beat Superman because it was Batman's story. And there are plenty of times in which Superman has defeated Batman. This may seem like a cop-out, but I am more interested in the border idea here. Any reference to specific stories in either character's history will just lead you down more one-way roads. And at the end of the day, if you're still looking for a winner, you need to reevaluate reevaluate the question. 
you need to take it at face value. We do that by looking at only constants that exist in each character, things that are true in the majority of Spider-Man and Batman stories. Spidey has the ability to climb and adhere to most surfaces, super strength, height and agility, and pre... This is a hell of a word. Preternatural ability to detect incoming blows and attacks, not to mention his trusty web shooters. Batman is in peak physical condition, a master of mixed martial arts, and an array of gadgets and weapons at his disposal. I know you're saying, but Matt, Batman is always smart. Yes, but how smart depends on who is writing Batman. It's not a constant. Again, you can really get into the weeds with uh, this, but there's always going to be counterexamples. Only two more paragraphs. <laughs> Batman's greatest trick is his ability to sneak up on his opponents to catch them by surprise. He's sneaky. Spider-Man's spidey sense renders this ability pointless. In hand-to-hand -hand combat, he can avoid all the blows with his super agility, and Batman is no match for Spidey's height and strength. Winner equals Spider-Man. And if you feel the need to add any caveats like, but Batman would plan ahead and come up with a serum that counteracts Spider-Man's spidey sense, then you missed the the broader argument that I was making. Sure, let's say Batman has time to do that. We th then, well, then we can also add that Spider-Man had time to make a counter serum because Peter Parker ain't no slouch in the science department. Blah blah blah. Batman can only win on addendums and caveat after caveat. I love Batman. The first comic I ever purchased was a Batman comic. I own shirts. I've seen every Batman movie on opening night. Yes, even the dreaded Batman and Robin. What makes him great is not how smart he is. It's his vulnerability. It's his refusal to give up against all odds. Just because Batman doesn't, just because Batman loses, doesn't mean he's not super cool. I think the biggest issue I run into with these sorts of that is the biggest issue I run into with these sorts of debates. No one wants their favorite hero to lose. Using that same metric, it's pretty safe to say that Spider-Man would lose to the Hulk, Superman, and many other superheroes. At the end of the day, what makes these characters so great is their malleability. Malle malleability yep, yep, yep you got it like stanley said there can be whatever they can be whatever the writers need them to be what makes spider-man and batman so great is what they stand for hope the hope that through their actions and perseverance they can uh prevail more of the same tragedies pre oh, sorry prevent more of the same tragedies tra tragedies i'm falling apart <laughs> that had greatly shaped both of their lives with great power comes dot, dot, dot. Well, you know the rest. So that's it. I don't, right. I don't know if we need any follow-up to that. I think it very uh, much speaks yeah, for itself. One. Okay. Get fucked, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good follow-up. Um, yeah. I, that explains itself. And that's always my argument. It's if you objectively... Just put them in a fisticuffs, face to face, no outside anything. There's no world where Batman can win. Uh, and like Matt said, anytime someone tries to argue that Batman would win, they just add all these like weird caveats, but don't give Spider-Man those same odds. Um, so yeah, it's definitive. Spider-Man is better than Batman. Or hang on, let me rephrase that. Spider-Man would beat Batman in an even fight. Good save. Okay. That's it for emails. <laughs> but Batman's still better than Spider-Man. I just want to make that clear. Uh, okay. <laughs> moving on to news. I hate you so much, Derek. Um, remember, the, remember the video games? Yeah, remember those video games? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 
let's talk about another crazy ass patent that was filed by Sony. Did this time? Did you see that they tried to, or they did patent a robot friend who will sit on the couch and play games and watch movies with you? I'm sorry. What? What? Uh, so it's basically a robot, and uh, I'll put a link in the Discord for you guys so you can. Yeah, I, I need to see this. Take a look at this. Uh, the doodle. They said, uh, "Don't worry, this isn't what it's gonna look like. It just looks like a cloud <laughs> with eyeballs." And like, no, no, that's clearly what I want out of a friend. His uh, name is Font. So the idea is a user places the robot nearby and views content together while the robot communicates with the user by outputting a reaction to emphasize with the user or outputting a reaction against the user conversely on the bias of a deduced user's feelings. So basically it's a robot that you put next to you that you can like yell things out loud and it will like react to what you're saying. I don't get. I don't get no. it. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm sold if I can input Glados. Make it stop. Why? Who wants this? Okay, wait a minute, Adam. If you can, if I can have a robot sit next to me that sasses me in Glados's voice, I'll pay money for that. <laughs> I, I don't. I always <laughs> say because I'm playing Portal Two. Mm-hmm. Derek, say something I, about this, please. I wait, I always feel really like the the. The big thing with these is it's never Sony. Sony's when they're developing this stuff, or any company when they're developing stuff like this, they're never thinking, "Hey, what does the consumer want? Would they want a robot friend that would sit on the couch with them?" They're just like, "Hey, we have this. We have this weird technology. What could we do with it?" And then some guy says, "Well, what if we put it in like a little guy and he sat next to you?" And that's how this shit gets this shit gets made. It's never they're like, "Hmm, would pe- would people buy this?" Like this guy, like this kind of stuff. It's like it's just like they're like throwing ideas out there, and and like stuff gets made, and they say, "Ha, huh, let's patent that." So like, if anyone try, you know, it's like a power move kind of thing. Like yeah, they'll this never like do a, it. But this is the the same kind of. It's, it's it seems really similar to how Riot designs their champions. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that Meteos clip? No. No? Okay, I'll find it. Okay, I'll have to watch that later. Uh, I would put down good money that this will never see the light of day. Hey, you know what? And it, it probably will see the light of day, but it won't be this. It'll be something completely different, and it'll, but it'll still kind of implement all the weird technology that is in this idea. And it it'll it'll be something like a virtual assistant that's in the PlayStation or uh, your controller. Maybe the light reacts to uh, the intensity of your play. You know, like. Do you think that whatever this is going to be based off of is the same uh, like programming that the remember we were talking about how they're going to have like an assistant in the PS5 that they patent? Do you think it's yeah, basically yeah. the same thing, just detached from the PS5 as like this little cloud ball sitting next to you? Yeah, possibly. It's like that was like the next place one of their their R and D groups went with. You know. Yeah, with that same kind of technology. You never know. Yeah, I just thought it was so out there and silly. I had to yeah. bring it up. Um, show it's, you guys. It is definitely. Uh, I love the the mock up. <laughs> it's just so so funny. Like I want to get a tattoo of this on my ass. <laughs> Why? Because it's just so funny. It's so simple and charming. Why specifically your ass? Because I don't want anyone to see it. It's a shame tattoo. It's, it's just it's there a for shame me. Tattoo. 
Um, <laughs> Derek, how's your hacking skills? My hacking skills? Yeah. Are you uh, a good hacker? Nah. I, like, remember some things, but, like, um, I haven't done it in practice in a few years. So uh, you should start practicing, because if you submit to Riot a legitimate hack that uh, allows you to, like, put cheat engines in Valorant, you can get $100,000. Yeah. Um, they are offering a $100,000 uh, prize or... Bounty. Yeah, bounty for basically anyone that can find um, any sort of issues regarding their... What's it called? Um, what's the name of their program? That's Vanguard. Yes, Vanguard. Uh, that's their anti-cheat program for Valorant, which uh, there's a lot of drama already around that because it's constantly running even when you're not playing Valorant to keep track of... To make sure you're not installing any cheat engine type things. Um, but yeah. Uh, so... It- it's a, it's not even that it's constantly running. It's that it's, uh, like installed on ring zero of like your, what is it? I can't remember. Like it's basically like in your kernel. So, um, uh, like no, no anti cheat software that currently exists goes that deep into your computer. So, so it's in a spot where it should hit before can, anything else could take over yeah but it has access to everything in your computer so that's the whole that's the sketchy thing part. is that people are saying well if someone does find a vulnerability to this then you know I, how many people probably have val you know valorant installed like that gives them access to so it's that's that's why i think they're doing this bounty to try and say like yes but like look how secure it really is it's it's one of those like uh, we dare you. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's like it's more. I, I can't remember what the the. There's like a term for it, like um, uh, whatever. But yeah, it's <laughs> like we're gonna. You know, we promise that it'll never. It's like you gotta trust them. Yeah, that. they're so confident that they're throwing hundred thousand dollars on the line, being like, but, we don't think any of you will do it. But if you do great because then we can fix it you know it's a a win-win for them at the same time is it like is it is it a breach of of kind of like our privacy you know to to do that yeah you know that's a a whole nother breach of privacy but yeah i know there's there's ethical dilemmas in there yeah there's a lot of people that are upset about it but i think 99 percent of the users probably don't even know but the ones that would like if you told them they'd be like oh whatever i don't care i watch porn like everyone else you know you could i mean if you really are that worried about it you can play the game delete it install it every time delete it right after yeah delete it after you're done and when the game you open the game up next time it'll reinstall it (laughs) yeah i went to go open it real quick after i got in and it said you need to restart your computer and i'm assuming that's what that's doing is it's gonna install that so um so yeah, if if you were to delete it every time, you'd have to restart your computer every time too, because that's what it needs right. to do to re-download it. Right. Yeah, it needs to run, be running from the boot of your computer. Yeah. Um. So interesting stuff. Uh, I like. It's questionable what they're doing, but also them putting up money to try to make sure it's the most secure thing possible is cool. They have good intentions. It's just a question of whether uh, what they're doing is. But 
are their intentions actually good? That's what they're saying. But I in mean, this can day and age, take... can you truly trust, trust trust a tech company? That's a good good point. I don't know. We'll see as this develops if people notice their machines uh, mining Bitcoin in the background. Um, you know what I hate? I really hate scalpers. And, <laughs> and they make me so angry. And uh, there's a big, the second coming of Nintendo Switch scalpers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the production has been lowered because of the COVID-19 People are having trouble getting their hands on Switches when they want to be playing Animal Crossing, and now's a great time to have like a mobile console like that, where like you can play it anywhere in the house, get away from people. Um, people are uh, setting up bots so that as soon as uh, Switches are available on big sites like Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, these bots buy up as many as they possibly can making it so that the the average consumer can't buy them and then these scalpers will go and resell it for anywhere from 500 to 750 bucks if it's the Animal Crossing version. Um, this sucks and it makes me very angry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's such a shitty like situation and there's like not much. I don't know, what do you, what can you do, you know? There's nothing you can do. It's unfortunate that just like the average person gets fucked by a tech savvy asshole looking to make quick money. Oh. Well, it's, 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 I say it, like, it's definitely like this stuff happens all the time, you know, like on console uh, yeah. releases, like people, people buy, try to buy as many as they can. And, but it's different when like, like you're saying like these, the scalp, the tech scalp, you know, the people who that like literally write bots to buy everything. Like that's when it gets like, really that's when it really sucks like yeah opening day people might buy like try and buy like two and yeah or if, three and if, sell them on ebay but if you this is like worse yeah if you go through the effort on opening day to stand in a line for five hours so that you can make an extra 200 bucks or whatever and some idiot wants to pay extra 200 bucks be my guess but when these people are like entirely cutting off access to being able to get a new switch console without this extra 200 dollar paywall you know yeah. Um, my the, my advice to in this scenario is if you're someone looking for a switch and the only way to get it is to buy it from a scalper, just don't and make them eat the cost. Like if everyone yeah. just realized, yeah. like, hey, make these idiots eat the cost, so they lose money, then they won't do it. But you know, everyone's so desperate that they'll they'll shell out the money. There'll always be someone to shell out the money, and therefore the scalpers will always win. <sighs> Yeah. reminds me of walking down the streets in boston uh, all passing all those guys trying to sell packs badges yeah yeah last minute packs badges worst oh and well just i walk t- by and ignore them typical ticket like, scalping is even yeah, scummier yeah oh, oh man. yeah it's like <laughs> tickets to, concert to tickets is rough yeah they'll sell out in seconds because everyone just has bots set up to try to buy as many as they can as fast as they can and then you have yep. to pay an extra sometimes double what the ticket actually is yeah i don't know it's just something that makes my blood boil and but there's nothing i can do about it it's just upsets yeah, yeah. me deep inside but what are you gonna do um it, it's not scalping but it also does remind similarly at pax uh the year the switch came out the pack pax east was i think a week after or something so not a lot of people had switches but everyone who had a switch brought it and so they were they had two switches for sale at one of the booths 
but they were five hundred dollars. And yeah. I almost Jeez. convinced my friend to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the following years when the NES Classic came out. Uh, oh, yeah, and they were selling that for almost double the price. It's just like, God damn. I hate you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's all I got for news this week. Was there anything that I missed that uh, interested you guys? Not Elijah really. Wood. <laughs> yeah, Andrew was telling me that Elijah <laughs> Wood tweeted at someone or DM'd them on Twitter because yeah. he wanted to go to their village to sell turnips. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's pretty amazing. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty heartwarming story. I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, right. All right. If there's nothing else, um, yeah, no. let's take a break and then we'll come back and we can talk about what we've been playing lately. How's that sound? Okay, we have returned. Um, let's talk about what games we've been playing lately. I'll go first. Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. <laughs> Anyone else? That's all. I, that's all I've been playing. It's all I think about still. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about it because it's so good and it does some things at the end of the game. And I'm. Did you end up beating it, Derek, or did you not? Because you knew we weren't doing the spoiler cast this week. Uh yeah no I I I did not okay but I will I am definitely deep enough in now that I will finish it by next week okay yeah the plan is to do the spoiler cast next week um Tcon got a promotion at work so his schedule's a little wonky so on the the off chance that he doesn't finish it by next week it'll be two weeks from today uh but yeah I'm currently going through my hard mode play it's awesome because it's like a new game plus so I have all my material all my guys are level fifty. And each battle is more so about outsmarting your opponent and having perfect inputs as opposed to kind of fumbling around. You can't use items. You only heal MP uh, with Mako shards that are in boxes. And yeah, it's real fun. Uh, I can't stop playing it. I'm going to platinum it, like I said before. But yeah. Actually, Jeff, hard mode is when it's the game is actually exactly the same, but Tifa's skirt is a little shorter. Uh... um um, so yeah that's really all i've got um adam it's been a while since you've been on your pc has been completed finally so Uh, finally what have you been playing oh many things uh mostly i got i got started playing portal I, I beat all of Portal in about two hours because my friend Dwayne bought it for me a few months ago, and I was waiting till this was built to, you know, truly play through it for the first time. And he actually ended up uh, watching me play it live on Discord for like most of it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and then I started Portal Two the other night, and I had like a small audience of like five friends who were just reliving the game through me. Dude, so that's that was, the dream. So that was fun. So I started Portal Two. Portal uh, Two, one of, of the greatest video games of all time, hands down. Oh. Uh, I'm only like an hour into it. I think I have to agree with you. It's I've been laughing consistently through it because it's just so yeah, good. It's also the funniest video game of all time, hands down. Yeah. I mean, beyond that, I've just been trying Mantis out Men. Other... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also been just trying out some other stuff, you know, re- like seeing, you know, what, what the hell is my PC doing that yeah. my laptop couldn't. And my friend Justin did actually mention, we played a couple games of League the other day, and he was mentioning how it actually... Like there's a noticeable upshift in my ability in the game. Nice. 
So he he likened it to Dragon Ball Z character training under a thousand times gravity. So now the weights are off, and I'm slightly better at this now. (laughs) What's removing a couple of weights going to (laughs) do? Exactly. Other than that, just a couple things on the Switch here and there. Cool. Ooh, I also, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, after finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake, I decided I want to go back and play Final Fantasy VII Original. So I booted that up in bed on Switch the other day. Uh, so I'm probably slowly going to chug through that. There's no rush to get through, obviously, because the next game's not going to be here for at least a couple of years. But uh, I want to replay it to refresh my perspective and knowledge of that game. Sorry, I forgot about that. I uh, mean, technically, you're not wrong. You have only been playing Final Fantasy VII. That's true. <laughs> I've only been playing Final Fantasy VII in some form. Uh, you said that was all you had, Adam? Yeah, pretty much. Didn't play a few things in the Switch here and there, but nothing. Cool. What about you, Derek? Uh, so yeah, I've been trucking through Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I just got to chapter fourteen. Uh, so I'm, yeah, so I'm getting yeah. towards. I'm getting to the end. Right? Yeah, there's eighteen total. Uh, fourteen is like the last big one where you can do yeah. like all sorts of side missions and stuff. Uh, but I so. I remember last episode you talked about you had like your your, your moment where it clicked, mm-hmm. um, and I think I, uh, I think it was like somewhere maybe uh, in chapter eleven when you're when you're going with Aerith back to sector seven. She's she's taking you back to sector seven from from sector five. That kind of portion of the game. That's exactly um, when it hit for me. Yeah, when you yeah. that chapter starts and that music starts playing. That, so that was I, and you go into the collapsed uh, highway or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I started fighting. You fight the, the like guys that's made up of like thirty tubas. The guy that's made up of thirty. Tubas. I can't remember what they're called. They're like it's just made of like pipes, and they look like a like a guy like a metal tuba. I don't know. They look like a giant tuba guy in the collapsed highway. Yeah, you fight him in the collapsed highway. Huh. I don't. Uh, I, I don't remember what he looks like, but I'm gonna look him up. I, Keep talking. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, that so that was where um and I, I don't know if it was because Aerith is like more of a ranged character and whatever, but like the combat and the flow of the game just like finally clicked for me and like I was just like everything was like I was just smoothing through I was just going through it so quickly because I was I just had the combat down and I was like, Wow, like this is how good this game is. Yeah, uh, once you it, understand the comment and like you just flow through it all, it feels so yeah. good. I I wasn't like doing a good job of switching before, and so now I've got like a habit of almost kind of like thinking about okay, what do I want to do with Cloud here? Okay, and then like build up whatever I need to build up with his uh, you know his ATB bar. Do that and then just switch over to the next person and go. Like, all right, what do I want to? do with them right now okay they've got this much atb maybe i want to get two bar like it's just yeah i'm thinking about it almost as a uh playing it as a a turn-based game but i'm in charge of when the turns come and that's like that 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 was when i was just like yes this is all coming together It, it it was really good uh it made like all the next boss fights like so much more fun to play um yeah i i i don't think i'll play it on hard mode i don't know i might i might like later on but 
Uh, uh, I'm curious I, to see how you're going to feel about playing through it again after you beat it. Because it's one of those things where once you beat the game, you can go back through it. And it's it's like one of the, watching one of those movies, like a, a like say, I don't know, not a heist movie, um, a detective movie or a murder mystery. And like yeah, once yeah. you see the end, you're like, oh, I want to watch this again because there's all these little things sprinkled throughout it that makes sense now. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. That's a good so point. So that's that was when I definitively was like, I want to play this again. Um, All right. uh, yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So yeah, I should finish that up hopefully uh, in the next couple of days. Um, but the other big thing and uh, that I played or started playing this week that uh, we had talked about a little in a, a group chat with with some of our mutual friends is Open TTD. Yeah. So you guys were talking about that, and I have no idea what it is. So. <clears throat> Back in the '90s, like you guys have played Roller Coaster Tycoon, or at least heard of Roller Coaster Tycoon. I am aware right? of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So before the guy who made Roller Coaster Tycoon made Roller Coaster Tycoon, he made Transport Tycoon. Okay. Um, and it's the basis of a game is is the game is you know you load into kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon, you roll op- open up this map and. Uh, there's little cities and towns and stuff scattered all over it. And the purpose is you want to basically build up all the, like all the cities by connecting them with transportation. So, uh, airports, trains, um, boats and, and, uh, vehicles like cars and, and, well, not cars, but like, uh, buses and 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 stuff like that. So when I first opened it up, I was like, "What the hell?" Like, there's so much. Um, but then um, I started watching some videos online about like how kind of everything works, and uh, started piecing all this stuff together. And now I'm like, "This is incredible!" Like, uh, this is an awesome game. So. Going back, OpenTTD is an open source creation that is like basically now. I think it's even like a little bit more than what the original game was uh, version of the game. So it's completely free. Uh, it's open source, so like people people all over like contribute to the building of of the game and like patching bugs and stuff like that. Like anyone can see the source code and go in and say, okay, like. Oh, here's a bug. Let me write some code, and then someone will review it. And if it works, they'll pop it in as a patch and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so it's it's like a it's almost a remake in a way, in the sense that the game is completely remade from the ground up to be exactly like the original. Um, but yeah, it's it's so the what attracted us to it was that it's free and you can host your own multiplayer server so i can go in and make a server game like a game on a server and up to like 20 people can come in and we can just all play the game on this giant map and like try to make our company you know who can build the best transport company uh it's really cool so i recommend is it a turn-based thing or is everyone just kind of going at the same time yeah, it's real time. Like you, you hop in and you're like, okay, let me find a good spot to start on this map. Oh, okay, there's two towns that are kind of close to each other. They've they've got a sawmill and a factory and uh, some stuff. 
you know near each other let's start connecting things up so we can start making money is it like an rts Catan kind of no it's not it's uh uh no no i i don't it's a transport tycoon simulator (laughs) okay i don't like i don't know how else to describe it then because it's it's the it's like the pioneer of that genre this this game i want like the tycoon kind of like city building it's it's that's what this is like the beginning of that so it's it's hard to just compare it it's i have to you know normally you would compare anything else to it you know yeah any like sim type game would be referenced right right sim city anything all that came from like this okay um it seems interesting i know we were talking about getting a game going with a bunch of uh, our online board game group uh so yeah you said you messed around with it the other day yeah so i i played it uh a bunch last night um i even hopped my game onto a server and dante joined me for a little bit and um it was yeah it was a ton of fun i mean it, it's like one of those things where it's so it's kind of like civ in the sense that you start in a certain year so you only have so much technology mm-hmm. so like you know, I only started with steam trains and uh, like very simple planes. And so as you play the game, the years go up and up and up and you start getting new technology. And it's like, so now I've like built like this pretty cool infrastructure in one part of the island and I just got electric trains. And I'm like, all right, I got to replace my entire train infrastructure with electric trains now. <laughs> it's so nerdy in particular, but I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It is very... <laughs> but it's really cool um sweet yeah i it's free so if you if you've ever played like a city building game or um like roller coaster tycoon type games uh like give it a download and give it a shot it'll run on like any computer okay we'll have to give it a shot adam (laughs) any computer any computer Well, now I mean, years, so. But now it doesn't matter because he has a good PC. Yeah, if you asked me like a week ago, this would have been a different story. But <laughs> cool. Um, anything else you've been playing, Derek? No, that, that I think it was just Final Fantasy VII and that. Nice. And some some Valorant here and there. Sweet. I'm excited to play that with you tomorrow or whenever we end up playing it. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? I know That's you've been playing me. a new game, at least one new game. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I after beating. Final Fantasy. I started the Outer Wilds for the club, so I've been playing that. Uh, I won't talk about it. Um, so instead, I so one of the great things about PlayStation and having PlayStation Plus is all the free games they give you sometimes. So just the other day, I downloaded for free Journey and all four Nathan or uh, Uncharted games. Yeah, that wasn't even a PlayStation Plus thing. That's just like Sony said here. The pandemic sucks. Play these games. Well, actually, the Uncharted 4 was a PlayStation Plus thing. Yeah, 4 was. You can get the original 3, I think, for free. That and yes. Those 3 and Journey were just for anyone, which is really yep. awesome. But yeah. I didn't know they had 4 on there for free. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's just for PlayStation Plus people. Yeah, they do, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, recurring deals yeah. or whatever. So then I didn't play any of those, and I bought Resident Evil 3. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do you think? Um, well, I'm a few hours in. Uh, I've never played any Resident Evil games before. Never any of them? This is your first one. This is my very first experience playing any Resident Evil game. And the only reason I'm playing... So I bought this one in two. I got them for a bundle uh, for 80 bucks. Okay. So um, it saved some money there. 
and I wanted to play two first, not only because out of the two, it's the one I was more excited for, mm-hmm. um, you know, just from an outside perspective, uh, but also because uh, if there's any sort of continuity or, you know, chron- chronology to them, I wanted to play two first before three. But in the interest of being able to have this game in my pocket for a discussion, you know, for like this this year's games, I wanted to play this one first and get it out of the way. I think you choosing to play three first is honestly better because two is better. Um, from what I've heard, everyone who's played both of them has said two is better. I personally really like two. I haven't played three yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are saying going from two to three, three becomes a little bit more of a disappointment. Whereas if you go, okay. I'm assuming if you go from three to two, it just makes, it's like three is really cool. And then you get to two and you're like, holy shit, this is even better. So that might've been the right choice uh, without knowing that it was the right choice. Maybe. So but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I, it's like I said, my first experience with resident evil so i don't know especially how this compares to the original game uh i don't know what they changed i don't know what the original game looks like i didn't know anything about three at all like even resident evil aside i didn't know anything about three even less so um so i'm kind of taking it at face value but i'm liking it so far it's definitely really unforgiving (laughs) there's i've been a couple moments where i've uh died repeatedly and every three times or so that you die, it's like, do you want to switch your difficulty to an easier difficulty? And I'm like, no, I'm not a baby. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just bad. Yeah. It's like it wants to put on the assisted mode where it's like aim assist design. It gives you an assault rifle from the beginning. Uh, you regenerate health, uh, which are all things that don't happen uh, <laughs> on normal. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Nice. Um. It's giving me uh, similar vibes to The Last of Us with, you know, finding very scarce amounts of loot and then crafting them. Uh, And then, I mean, but the combat will never be as good as Last of Us. I mean, that's why I said when I played Last of Us for the first time, I said Last of Us is the best Resident Evil game I've ever played. Did you say that? I don't remember that. Yeah, that was was what I said about it. (laughs) And it's true. It's, they're accomplishing similar things. Obviously, Resident Evil falls way more under horror. Yeah, I was just going to say. But I think the last of us is plays better than any of them oh yeah and the story yeah there have been a couple weird times that i that i felt uh the game cheated me uh with controls being unresponsive Hmm. where i'd be like i'd hit the button or i'd be like pressing the button repeatedly to to do like the quick dodge or whatever that's like one of your movement options and just do nothing and i get hit and die (laughs) and it's like there's a couple there's been a couple uh sections with nemesis where he uh he just appears and you have to avoid him but you can't kill him so like i've been and like two hits from him kills you yeah and then in this game it you can only i don't know if it's the same in two but when you die you go back to the last save not the last place you saved your last save so like any progress you had is gone savage Uh, but luckily i've been dying so frequently that i don't have much to do (laughs) um so, but this the I did run into Nemesis, uh, and he killed me probably like twenty times before I figured out how to get past him. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun so far. I'm uh, I'm just going with it, seeing seeing how I like the rest of the game. The some of the horror stuff has been a little bit creepy. There 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 were these spider enemies that like planted an alien like sack inside of me. I didn't like that. 
Yeah, it does some creepy <laughs> stuff. I remember when I was playing two, there were moments where I was like, I don't want to play this game right yeah. now. Oh, there are these you. like head crab guys that I'm running into now. Don't like those either. But yeah, it's definitely it's a it's definitely a test of my skill too because the zombies are no pushovers either. Some they usually take at least three headshots to kill, and even then sometimes they just get back up. So yeah, your, your, your ammo you really have to be careful with it. I don't it's, know. It, it, I've already noticeably improved since when I first started playing. My aim, uh, I used to like unload an entire clip on a on a zombie and not kill it. Do you have a knife in that game? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, not useful. Okay, the go-to strategy for, I think, all Resident Evil games is pretty universal. Is shoot the zombie in the knee, they fall over it on the ground. You run up to them and then knife them a bunch while they're on the ground. That's the huh. best way to conserve your ammo. Well, I'll try it out. Yeah, go I for the I just got knees. a shotgun. Ooh, yeah. That's one of the best part about the Resident Evil games is getting new weapons. and It allows oh, yeah. you to become more and more powerful. Obviously, yeah, the zombie scale at the same time, but when you run into normal ones and you shoot them in the face yeah. with a shotgun... I don't know if uh, I don't know if this will persist, but the section I've played so far of the game has felt pretty Metroid Metroid like. Hmm. Uh, so like you know, I was going through the first couple areas, and there was a bunch of stuff that I could tell I should be able to do, but I can't right now. So I was like, okay, let me come back here when I get more things. And so since I've gotten you know newer items that help me solve puzzles and uh, new weapons, uh, so that's yeah. pretty cool. I th- I don't think it's very Metroid like because it's not no. like you're getting new weapons that allow you to get yeah. past things or new abilities. It's just find a key. I think it might, like I said, I think it might just be like this first area. Yeah. Because you're kind of going around all the same buildings, uh, trying to achieve one objective. So. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Other than that, uh, I played a game of League of Legends today. Instant regret. <laughs> um. So I'm yeah. starting to think I won't get to gold this season. I've had zero motivation to go back and play ranked. Yeah, I mean, for a while I was just doing normal games, playing some different champs that I don't usually play. Uh, but today I was like, yeah, you know, fuck it, we'll play a ranked game. And I played a game of set top. I solo killed my lane opponent four times, and the rest of my team fed, so I lost. That's how it usually goes. Yeah, every single game. I'm I- the only one who plays well. I don't know. I don't know why. I should have mooched off of JP while he was still in like low gold and got like let him carry me into gold and then just let him like go on his thing because he's been when he works from home he's just instead plays league of legends all day so he's like i think he's like starting to push towards plat he's just grinding he sends me sends me screenshots all the time of him just playing zillion mid lane and carrying the shit out of his team he sent me a picture today he won a 4v5 with zillion mid lane and he i think their team had like 40 kills or something so yeah you know working from home (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really. uh, yeah all right um cool so let's move on to our main topic for the day in wake of final fantasy 7 remake and andrew's now playing resident evil 3 remake and i played resident evil 2 remake last year remakes are kind of really prevalent in today's day and age so let's talk about our favorite remakes that we've ever played and then we'll go into games that we would love to see remade. Uh, so we'll, I think the way we're going to do it is we'll all talk about our games. We'll kind of do what we usually do where we'll each bring up a game, talk about it, and move on to the next person. We'll all do our three games for that. And then we'll go into games we want to see remade, and we'll do that same kind of cycle. So let's start with you, Adam. What is uh, one of your favorite remakes that you've played? Uh, it's actually one I just started uh 
replaying again this week, actually. It's on the 3DS. Which is? Uh, Omega Ruby, Pokemon. Ah, oh, okay. Really? Okay. Nice. I think this one, it, it's up there in remakes for me because it just, it's it's a shit ton of nostalgia for me because Emerald was my first ever Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, that makes sense. So going back to it, but also looking at it in comparison to other, like the generation remakes, like the silver and gold remakes, uh, it just did it a little bit better. In Ooh. my opinion. So, Hard disagree. So I have I have a feeling Andrew and I are on the on the same page here. I don't know about you, Andrew, but I have Pokemon Soul Silver on my list of favorite uh, You goddamn know I have Heart Gold and Soul Silver on my list. Uh, so yeah, Adam, I'm with you. It Andrew. was actually number one, I believe. Yeah, it was it's up the there only for one me. on my list that I'm confident. I'm like, I'm bringing this up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Pokemon Pokemon remakes are in general like just on that list like a, a lump sum for me. But okay, maybe I didn't phrase that so good. It it, it did better in. <laughs> It did better in one category for me, where I think it did better in acknowledging that the series has progressed a little bit. Like with Silver and Gold, like it's like a straight up redo. There's a few things added in, but nothing's really crazy different until like post game. Whereas there's a few details with the Ruby Sapphire ones where like they added in like evolutions and pre evolutions that weren't added until later, but they're in the base game. So you don't have to wait until you know, after you've already beaten the game to access all of that. It's not all of it, but just a, a few details. But yeah. I, will, I will put it out there. I'm with you guys. I love Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. Those games are also very much fun. I think I like Heart, Gold, and Soul, Silver, or just Soul, Gold and Silver in general much more than Ruby and Sapphire, and I think that's why. I personally feel that. That is also a factor. I, I oh, one yeah. is my least favorite region. Yeah, I'm too much water. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, then. Like I said, it, for me, it has that nostalgia factor. I think that's the only reason it really ranks up top, because for yeah, that memory of, like, this is the first Pokemon game I played from the series, like, this region. That's understandable. So I think that's why it, you know, resonates a little bit more with me for that remake. But, you know. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we'll reclassify a little bit. I guess we'll just, I'll put Soul Silver kind of with that up there, you know, like, just the Pokemon mm-hmm. remakes in general, because it's just that consistent cycle of, like we're bringing back in the stars, but we're keep upping the game a little bit. I mean, Adam, don't let us shoehorn you into, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, force you to, with us. Think, you yeah. know, do your no, but, you to you. No, truly though, in in honesty, I was looking for a Pokemon game to play, and I was back and forth between which one I was going to do. It was between ah. Ruby or Silver. I might actually just bounce back and forth between them a little bit because I, honest to God, could just not pick. <laughs> mm. Both had points going for them. I think I probably just picked Ruby because that's the one I settled on playing this week. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's funny for me because I was also in that age group where Hoenn was the region of games coming out when I was growing up. So when I was in like elementary, middle school, all my friends were playing Ruby Sapphire Emerald, but I didn't have a Game Boy at that time. And so I kind of skipped Hoenn because when I was a young, young lad, I was playing blue and gold and silver uh, on my Game Boy Pocket. And then I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. And then I went straight to DS and got platinum when it came out. And that was like my first real like when I could form coherent thoughts uh soiree into pokemon so in that sense i have not only not only am i not a big fan of hoenn but i also have the nostalgia for johto and Sinnoh. so yeah fair yeah. enough uh diamond was actually the first game i beat emerald was the first game i played yeah. I beat diamond first yeah plus i have the i have a weird you know connection in my brain uh with between hoenn and all of my friends and now every single one of them played uh, used Blaziken and only Blaziken. 
Yeah, he was very so, like, popular from that set. They did not train a team. They just trained a Blaziken. That's how that was everyone it. played Pokemon when I was a kid. It's like <laughs> yeah, you just had that's... you just had your starter, and then that was it. Yep. <laughs> then yeah, you catch dude, legendaries. A... Yeah. Leaf Green. I had a Charizard that was one shot on ground types with uh, flamethrower. Mm-hmm. So yep, that'll do it. Yeah, I have Soul Silver on my list. I think. Oh yeah. I think it's the best Pokemon game ever made. Agreed. It's, it's the only one where you go to two regions and there's 16 total gyms. You have your Pokemon, the person in the front of your party following behind you. The story's cool and cohesive and builds off the first game. And there's like little new extra stuff in here with Giovanni later on. Mm-hmm. And then it adds cool stuff with like Arceus being the god of Pokemon. You do some crazy mission uh, to get him. And I don't know. It's just simple enough. It's before they started adding all crazy complex stuff to the Pokemon games. It was just like Pokemon in its purest, most refined form. uh, And it's like you had a, and you have Johto too with all of the updated Pokemon game mechanics too, with like the special split and uh, held items and abilities and everything, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think Soul Silver and Heart Gold are the best Pokemon games and they've nailed it. Yeah, the only problem I really ever had with the Soul Silver game, like the only thing that really I think made it like just a few points lower for me was, so like all the wild Pokemon, you know, things you could be training against. Like there's only so many trainers that you can fight against, but then like all the wild Pokemon always being so low level, it just makes the leveling up of your party take that much longer. See, but that was so, personally that's what I liked in the Pokemon games. I didn't mind spending the time to grind up a good team, um, but that's me being an old man who doesn't like the newer pokemon games because they're yeah. too easy yeah i think too with the with the split uh between the two halves of the game with the regions uh you know the first time you fight the elite four your pokemon are around like level 40 so you know i think the game is pretty well spread out enough so that you don't need to have all those grindy spots so you can just kind of you know go with your team and then Sure, get sure. there incremental incrementally yeah you guys make me want to turn on soul <laughs> Dude, that's mean... what i'm saying actually funny story jordan uh i just donated my ds and all of my games to him because i never play them uh <laughs> and so he's been playing heart gold it hands down he, has he's the enemy progress updates the best uh like boss fight in any pokemon game ever when you fight oh, yeah when you fight red on the top of uh, the mountain oh my god iconic easy yeah um, he's hard though all right, Derek, we've been talking about Pokemon uh, for a while. Give us the first game on your list. Well, I just want to say that uh, Soul Silver is like my white whale. <laughs> I, I like skipped the so like I like I skipped half of the or most of the DS generation of Pokemon. Um, I because I when I had a DS, they weren't out yet. And then I got rid of my DS before Diamond Pearl came out. And then I got a DS when Black and White came out, so I haven't played Diamond and Pearl or Heart Gold Soul Silver. Um, and I always, by the time I tried to play Soul Silver, the copies were like extremely hard to find, and I always hated it. And so I hope one day that's on like a virtual console or something, so I can buy it. I mean, I'll let you borrow mine if you want to play through it. Just throwing uh, that out there, or would you rather own it? I I think. I- I need this needs to be something I I do when the time is right because <laughs> right. I I can't seem to finish a Pokemon game for the life of me right now so I think I need it when like I need it you know that's understandable so, so if that time comes and I don't have it yet I might reach out 
Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, all right, what's your uh, first game? So uh, my first game uh, is, and it's while it's part of a larger collection, uh, my first game is Halo 2 Anniversary. Nice, yeah. Uh, good call. Very good call. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the Master Chief Collection is a bumbling map. Um, the Combat Evolved Anniversary is not the, is just not the same. Um, and three, uh, three and uh, four are, were just 60 FPS updates. So, like, you know, they're not really remakes or remasters. Uh, they're remasters. But Halo 2 Anniversary, um, just it, like, updates the graphics. So it's, like, incredible. And then I think the best part for me was uh, they redid all almost all the cutscenes uh, with an animation studio, uh, Blur Animations, I think is what they're called. And it is, they are so incredible. Um, I think they use them for Halo 5 now, too. And probably, I'm assuming they're probably using them for Infinite. But like, it just took, it like it was the first, it was like, I've always been dreaming of Halo, live action Halo stuff. And that, like, this is the closest and best it's ever come, like, Seeing all those old cutscenes like updated and this like incredible like CGI was just awesome. Um, and getting to just playing the whole game again in updated graphics, like uh, I love Halo Two. It's my Halo Three. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. It's it's just so good. Nice. Cool. Um Adam, give us your number two. Andrew, I'm assuming you you feel fine about us talking about Soul Silver and Harkold as our number ones. Yeah, works right. for me. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, see, here's the thing. Like, I was going through my list, and it occurred to me I have not played a lot of remake games. I was also finding that same problem. Yeah, like, so I kind of just threw a few in there. Like one of the ones I came up with was uh, this technically counts. It's uh, Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. Yeah, that's like oh, yeah. that was that one. That's for me too. Yeah, because you know, like I like I think I mentioned a couple episodes that I at one point had the collector's edition disc for Zelda for the GameCube. Yeah, I remember you bringing that up. So that's where I was able to play Ocarina of Time. But like back then, I never got past the first area. So getting the remake on the 3DS was my first real chance to actually go through and play that. So that was a really cool experience for me. So I think that's kind of where like the remakes can become fun for me. It's the games I might've missed out on that I can now play on like a modern system. Yeah. I mean, that's just such a good uh, pick. It's the definitive way to play Ocarina of Time for sure. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you said it was on your list too, Andrew? Uh yeah, kinda. I have more there. Uh, in the for this scenario, okay, where I knew that the, so, the other games would get brought up. Yeah. Um, but kind of like Adam was saying, I didn't really. I don't really have a lot that like stand out in my mind as much as uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver did. Um, and the only the only other ones that I can really like say would be you know final fantasy 7 but we talked about that at length already and uh yeah that's on my list <laughs> I, yeah uh, th- i think this section is going to be much shorter than our favorite yeah. or the games we want remade for sure and um, then i also have like i wrote down xenoblade chronicles definitive edition just because like even though it hasn't come out yet i know that it's going to be up there <laughs> um understandable so uh i have uh 
for now, I guess we'll stick with uh, Wind Waker HD. Mm, that's a nice. good one. Yeah, even though it's not like a major remake, it does just enough to make it the easily definitive version of that game. I totally you have, agree. Not only, not only did they you know, make the already beautiful graphics even more beautiful with all the shading, uh, but they added all the quality of life stuff with the swift sail and uh, vastly shortening the Triforce quest to make it oh. just that sweeter of a game. Mm. So, you know, not not really something that we have to discuss at length, but yeah, that's understandable. Um, yeah. I'll move on to mine. So, my the next one on my list is the uh, Metroid Zero Mission which is uh, a remake of Metroid the original one, right? Metroid. Yeah, I think it takes a nearly, not necessarily unplayable, very difficult to go back to game and turns it into the best game in the franchise, in my opinion. Uh, Zero Mission plays so smoothly, so cleanly. It's like Super Metroid, but I feel like it controls better. And it has the great um, Zero Suit Samus stealth sections, which are really fun. Uh, so yeah, I loved Zero Mission playing through that on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, if you guys haven't, and you you guys liked Super Metroid quite a bit, if I recall correctly, I think you should check uh-huh. this out because I would love to see your opinion of this compared to Super Metroid and see how you feel about it. It's definitely on my list. I know it's on the Wii U eShop. That's how. No, I played it on my Raspberry Pi, but I'm pretty sure it's on the Wii U eShop, so you could play it that way. Just toss it in the hat. I think it's on the 3DS eShop as well. Is it? Or is so up? Yes. Or is Fu- one of them? Maybe it's Fusion. Because I think I have one of them. Yeah, Zero Mission I think is the best one by far. So, um, yeah, it's just it's the clean uh, Metroid style gameplay, but they refined. They basically took the mechanics from Super Metroid, refined them with the story and kind of world of the original Metroid, and I think they really did a great job with it. So, yeah. Uh, Derek, next one. Uh, oh, man, I'm going, like, back and forth, back and forth, um, all over. And But I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, Link's Awakening, most, probably most recent one, ah. or another recent one to come out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I never played the original Link's Awakening. Um, I or... No, I yeah, so I I want to say I played uh, Oracle of Seasons or something like that, but uh, yeah, so getting to play that game for the first time, um, and I like I love two D Zelda games. I love uh, Link to the Past. Um, I, you know, I've tried to spend as much time as I can with with original the original Zelda, um, getting used to that. But yeah, uh, they that they that game was so well done. Uh, you know, it has such a great art style like Wind Waker. Uh, and I, like to yeah to bring a game you know a kind of like missed game well i don't know it might not be missed because i think it was pretty popular when it came out for the game boy uh but you know like not many people may have gotten to experience it and like being able to play it on the switch in like hd like that was awesome nice uh i, I really want to play it at some point i have no knowledge or experience with uh the original or the remake for Link between. Oh, really? um, sorry, um, Link's Awakening. Um, so yeah, I would love to post pandemic yeah. borrow that uh, from you and give it a shot. Uh, I most likely downloaded it. You, so you stinker. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me look. Okay. Um, just give him your whole switch. Yeah, we'll just yeah, trade yeah, switches. No. 
I downloaded it. That's all right. I have other means of. I think uh, I have another friend that bought it. That's currently letting my brother borrow it, so I'll just get it from him after. Hmm. Um, I have. Uh, I've played the the Game Boy version or DX, the color version. Uh, yes, Game Boy Color. Yeah. But uh, I have not played the original um, remake, so hmm. maybe one day. Adam, give us your last game if you manage to conjure one up. Uh, so. Does it count if it's coming out soon, but I haven't technically played it yet, but I'm excited nonetheless? I mean, Andrew did it with Xenoblade, so go for it. Uh, yeah, but I, it was like a passing mention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I've racked my brain, and I just don't have a lot of games in the catalog of things I've played that were technically remakes. What do you but got? There's one what about uh, Crash Racing Nitro Fueled? Yeah, okay, yeah, I did play that. That was... <laughs> oh, yeah, that, actually, that's my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I forgot. Don't know why I forgot about that one. So yeah, Nitro Kart is, it's called Refuel because it's actually a remake and a remaster because it's technically a remake of Crash Team Racing, but it also adds in content from uh, Crash Nitro Kart for like uh, tracks for like uh, multiplayer mode. So the story is an older game, but it actually incorporates some aspects of newer games, which I do appreciate. Hmm. So it is, it's a very fun game. I would recommend it if you're looking for a decent racing game. But they also keep just keep adding new stuff. Like every now and again, they put out like a new track for free, a bunch of new cosmetics, like all for free. Yeah, they're just updating that game constantly, right? Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. So every now and again, I go back on and see if there's anything. I, I did beat the story mode, so there's not much left for me to go do. But gotcha. Cool. Good choice. Yeah, the one I was gonna mention that's coming out is uh, I'm gonna sound like such a nerd for this, but do you guys remember? uh spongebob spongebob battle for, battle for bikini bottom yeah <laughs> yeah it's officially getting a remake and they just announced recently that i think the release date is in june it's in may i thought did they announce that yeah Wait. i think yeah i'm it's sure coming out i soon. think it's next what? month yeah yeah so it's on steam it's on switch and i've yet to decide where i'm getting it because that was one of the first games i think i had on the gamecube like, this is, like, one of the earlier gaming memories. It truly surprises me with how many people are excited for that game. Well, Dude, like, if, if you look at it... It's not a bad game. Exactly. If you look at it on Steam, it's actually labeled as a cult classic. Hmm. I have it on GameCube still. Seriously? You still have it? Yeah. Yeah, we were actually... Yeah. Uh, uh, around this time last year, I want to say, we were uh, playing it just because. Just uh, yeah, honestly. I no longer have it, unfortunately, for my GameCube, but... Yeah, honestly, I'm going back to this game because I just have so many fun memories of playing through it, and it just looks like a faithful recreation of the game. Oh, yeah. But ev evidently, it's popular because it's also a very uh, common speedrun game. Yeah, I saw a speedrun where it was... I forgot what they called it, but basically the goal is to get SpongeBob to a toilet so he can poop, and then that's when the speedrun ends. Are you shitting me? No. Uh, go look it up. That's amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they... I think they can do it in like a couple minutes, like breaking through some boundary to, and like you do some weird jumping to get specifically to a porta potty so that SpongeBob can poop. Look it up. It's the weirdest uh, it thing. It comes <laughs> out June 23rd, by the way. Oh, it was June? Damn it. Sorry. I thought I saw May somewhere. It's, it's late June, so we've got some time to go. But uh, yeah, I've yet to decide if I'm getting it on Switch or PC, but I am getting it. Hmm. I am definitely going to get it. Andrew, give us your last one. Um, so that pretty much hit all the ones that I felt were 
even remotely impactful for me personally, but I guess uh, just for the sake of it, I will throw out uh, the Spyro and Crash trilogy remakes. Yeah, people seem to really like this. Haven't played them yet, but they look fun. Yeah, um, because especially for me, I didn't play the any of them growing up. I played, I think, the whatever came after. I think was sort of where I fell. So I played like Crash Four uh, on the GameCube, and I played Spyro on the GameCube. You know, I didn't even own them. I think I either borrowed them or played them at other people's houses or something. Um. So these gave me an opportunity to play the original games in, you know, HD and modernized graphics and stuff. Uh, so that's just, that was cool. Nice. Um, I'm sure it uh, might be a lot more meaningful for someone who grew up playing them. And it could potentially also now lead to kind of revitalizing the franchise, especially now since we've also gotten uh, Nitro Kart refueled or team racing. Um yeah, I think so, I heard a rumor that they're maybe plotting a new Crash game for PS4. Yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be a mobile. There is a mobile game, but I think I heard a new rumor that they do have like a full game in preparation for possibly a PS5 release. Yeah, see, that'd be cool. It, it, uh, it'd be awesome if these ended up being a catalyst to kind of revamp the franchise and have it give it new life. So, Yeah, I'm with you on that one, because they're definitely some good series that deserve newer entry. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so my last one is a game that I think it came out. Uh, when did it come out? I think 2010. Uh, no, 2008. Okay. It was the Prince of Persia game. It was just called Prince of Persia. It came out in 2008. And it was like a reimagining of the original game. Ooh. Do you okay. remember this game, Derek? Yeah. Yep. It was a 360 and PS3 game, and it like it almost felt like a combination of the Sands of Time games and an Assassin's Creed game. It was like a mix of the two. I don't remember it too too much. I know the visual, the art style was kind of like cell shaded, like Breath of the Wild type style before Breath of the Wild, um, and it was just really fun. I don't remember an insane amount about it, but like there was wall running, parkour really cool combat um and i just remember really liking it a lot um like you're saying i'm limited in the amount of remakes that i've played but i definitely remember this one standing out and now i'm gonna go actually search for it and see if i can't find it and replay it in 2020 to see if it's as good as i remember it being (laughs) um all right derek round us out what's your last one of ones that your favorite remakes that you have played uh um so i unlike you guys have played a lot (laughs) Uh, i guess if if you count hd updates i have played a lot a lot of them yeah um so uh, i'm trying to think i'm just seeing like think of um so i would say my my favorite my next my my last one is probably and it's again part of a big part of a collection is the uh kind of the hd update for uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. Ah, okay. I remember when you, when you got a PS4. I remember you gave me your PS3, and it had that Metal Gear collection. Yes. With it. Yeah. It, I never played. I think I booted up the first one for about an hour, and then never went back to it. Uh. So the the third 
third one, the HD remake, kind of adds uh, added um, some like camera changes, and it's it it kind of like brought it a little just a step into the current generation uh, uh, from the P- like the PlayStation Two to the PS3, just enough to like uh, make it a little more modern, but then also retain like what made the game uh, so good. Um, and so that that was my first experience with that game, and it is one of the greatest games of all time. Um, probably one of the greatest stealth game of all time. I would I would I would put that put a, put that up there. Um, but yeah, so like even that collection itself also is is great because it gives you an uh, HD version of Metal Gear Solid Two, and uh, a kind of better remake of one of the PSP games, uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, um, which is like a solid entry in the series. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's an insane amount of remakes out there to the level that we're starting to get them, like Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil 2 and 3. Uh, but it's looking like it's going to be a really popular trend going forward. And we're going to start getting a lot of HD remakes. I think of things from like the N64 PS1 era because those games don't hold up very well. So now is a great time to kind of reimagine them and bring them up to date in modern styles because then they'll be kind of playable for the rest of forever. I feel like at this point, games are at a point where... yeah. um, I think the big thing too is a lot of those games from the era have really cool stories and like really cool concepts that just can be translated like like final fantasy 7 remake and resident evil 2 and 3 and you can remake it in as a modern game and it's still like the story the the setting everything still holds up and is still incredible exactly yeah it's like from this point forward we're only going to you know increase so much visually and i think that's really the main uh you know the main factor, you know, for these remakes is modernizing how it looks, you know, mm-hmm. and also, you know, gameplay, quality of life, and, you know, changes in general are just cherries on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Sweet. Plus uh, nostalgia. Plus nostalgia. Um, all right, let's take one more break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the games that we would love to see remade. And then we'll do trivia. Cool. Yeah. All right, we are back, and we are going to move into talking about uh, games that we would personally like to see remade. Uh, I'm expecting some obvious ones. I'm expecting some pretty deep pulls here, but let's get it kicking with uh, Adam. Give us the first game that you would like to see remade. All right, so this this actually kind of stems off of our discussion of those uh, rumors of uh-huh. the uh, whole, like split screen switch deal, like it having the uh-huh. code for like screens and one of the things i thought would be really cool if they remade is this is like an old favorite of mine uh legend of zelda phantom hourglass oh never mind yeah you, what were you going for? <laughs> i thought we were just gonna get the sino remakes right out of the way oh. no no I'm, I'm, surprisingly those did not land for me on this really list. okay because i figured they would get talked about it in some capacity well then continue 
So I don't know. Like Phantom Hourglass was one of those top-down ones on the DS. It was just really fun. It did have the touchscreen controls, which would make it a little bit weird to port. But I kind of just feel like it would be kind of the perfect thing on the Switch, maybe. Because remember, how, did anyone play it? By the way, I played maybe a I couple hours of it. Well, part of the part of the uh, benefit of it, the game was you'd actually you had like a steam-powered boat, and you'd actually trace out the path you were going to take. On the, with the stylus on the on the DS, so I'm thinking if they you know they could translate that to the Switch, like you'd actually like point your Joy-Con and like trace out the path you want to go. So I think it could be done. I just think like some of those old DS Zelda games, like if they're ported correctly, could so it could uh you know uh, be some really nice ports onto the Switch. Like let's just see if we can get that working, you know. Like Zelda games in general, I think you know some of the older ones we've already seen it work for. The, the latest uh, remake, and the name is eluding me. Someone help me here. Derek said it. Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Link's Awakening. Like, yeah, they, we saw that work. Like, totally new art style. It was the game, but just reimagined. And I think would be the case for uh, classic series. Yeah, I can see it, definitely. It's It all depends on if they have a way to make dual screen games work on the Switch. Like, you um, wouldn't even necessarily need to keep the two screens. You just have to reimagine the interface a little bit. But I think it's a base game you could still... Like translate the story over. Mm. Um. Cool, Andrew. Do you want to talk about a uh, Pokemon game? <laughs> so Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I mean, I obviously, agree. since we have discussed the previous two generations already, uh, it is only fitting that the Sinnoh remakes are somewhere in the works. Assumedly, you never know. Yeah. They could just, you know, rip it away from us like they did the third version of each generation. Um, but uh, I'd love to see the Sinnoh remakes and see what they do. Platinum is the first Pokemon game that I really, really dove into. Uh, I had probably 500 plus hours in it when I was in middle school. Jesus. Um, on a couple different occasions, <laughs> I think. That's Two your- separate files. <laughs> I played a lot so- of Pokemon. Uh I remember we would, you know, get together and play, you know, you know, Pokemon school stories. You get it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sinnoh uh, is one of my favorite regions. I'd love to see, you know, it brought into the Sword and Shield graphics. Maybe not specifically that, but like something close to it, uh, and just you know, see what they do and dive into the Sinnoh games in a, an, again, especially since I just gave away my DS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Nice. I, assumed, I assumed it would be on at least one other person's list, and since we already got the other Pokemon games out of the way, I was like, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> uh, it would be really cool. Uh, oh, sorry, Jeff. No, go ahead. So, Andrew, remember the Underground Incentive? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be, like, the perfect thing to kind of tote about with the Switch's portability? Like, find random yes. people with secret bases? Yes, exactly. I, so, so, yeah. like, But are there any features you would, like, want to see added or changed from the original Sinnoh games? Like, anything you think could be uh, added? I don't know, man. I didn't give this a lot of thought. It was just, like, oh, Pokemon Sinnoh remakes. Like, they're happening at some point. Um, in terms of game mechanics, not really. I hope they don't shoehorn in a bunch of, uh, what are they called? Gigantamax Pokemon and they probably will. But they probably will, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It'd just be cool. I don't really have a extended thoughts on it. It's just uh, 
Just something you want. Something, something I've always been in the back of my mind. Fair. Uh, my first game is one of my favorites from the Game Boy Advance. It's Golden Sun. Ah! Was that on your list? Yeah. <laughs> I think Golden Sun could be remade nowadays. Uh, and it could have dungeons kind of like the Zelda games and using the synergy to do like 3d puzzle solving if you turn it into a 3d game instead of a top-down game and have like dungeon solving and then just revamp the combat system i think it could still work as like a classical rpg like you enter a battle but maybe make it so that you see the enemies on the world map and stuff like that i think it could definitely just work as like if you remade it and really focused on world puzzle solving with the 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 synergy synergy i always pronounce it synergy um moves i think it could work really well and that's another one where like we were talking about earlier where the story in that game is really really cool and it could be it could be presented so much better in modern times with modern technology i know they may potentially revitalize it a little bit yeah like the whole thing with felix being the bad guy and then in the second game you end up playing as him if you hang on what healers what sorry i never beat golden sun be honest are you gonna ever go back to it uh yeah in like 10 years <laughs> when the you'll, remake comes out duh, when, yeah come on but i feel like they could make do a remake that is the first two games combined into a single game because the way it worked is you would it, you would i think you would connect it you did no you get a code when you beat the first game and then you could input that code into the second game and then later on like your characters from the original game would show up and they'd have the same stats and stuff like that and the same items uh so just turn it all into one cohesive game and i think it could work super well I would love that so much. Or just make a new Golden Sun game. That, that too. Yeah. Go and imagine to... the music reorchestrated so it's not ba- on the GBA soundtrack. Yeah, so good. That music is great. That'd be amazing. Um, so yeah, Golden Sun. That's my pick. Derek? Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, <laughs> Heck yeah. Derek. Well, from, Heck the, yeah. from all the rumors going around, you might be in luck, my friend. I truly, truly hope so. So this is a very divisive game. Tell me why you like Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, Oh, I... I like just how it kind of, like, changed up uh, uh, the platforming a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the inclusion of Flood was, was cool, and... Um, it kind of, I don't know, it was like refreshing a little bit. I mean, I played like a little bit of Super Mario 64 when I was a kid, like at like friends' houses and, and, and stuff like that. But I never like got to play the whole game. Like, I think I remember the most I'd ever played of it was like, I beat, you know, the, the bottom floor and got to the next floor and then never was able to actually get any farther. Cause I never got to play it again. But, um, Yeah. I, I just, it's, after playing Mario Galaxy, uh, not Mario, Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey, uh, I just want to see it in, in that, you know, those graphics. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, I definitely think there's like, de- uh, like they could, there's definitely some quality of life stuff they could do with like the way things control and, um, you know, like some of the, the way some of the the levels 
work. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's like little things they could do to really make it like even better. Or don't touch it at all. I don't know. Just, just give it to me, please. <laughs> uh, I've actually never played Super Mario Sunshine, so what? I'm I'm not a huge Mario fan. I think they're they're good games, but they're not my favorite type of games. And that one just missed me back then, and I've never had the desire to seek it out to play it. But obviously, if it came out now in like a remastered form, I would definitely give it a shot. And I would love to see what my opinion of it was because it's so um, widely controversial some people love it some people absolutely hate it so uh, i would love to actually get a shot to try it so and yeah like we were saying from the rumors of all these crazy mario remasters and remakes coming uh for the what was it 25th anniversary 26th anniversary 35th 35th such a random number Um, so yeah Yeah. you might be in luck with that one derek i i i hope so (laughs) all right adam what do you got so actually it's kind of funny that derek said uh mario sunshine because what i wanted on my list was not, not like a specific game like sunshine galaxy galaxy 2 like one of those older like style of the games where instead of like like the level per like the levels and like like one thing i didn't really like but like odyssey was a fun game but one thing i didn't like was just the oversaturation of the moons like after you found like your 20th in a level it just almost didn't feel special anymore yeah i agree with that i felt there were way too many moons in odyssey like, yeah, there was almost nothing special. Like some of them were simple as, okay, I. Yeah, it's just there. Let me go I bought grab it. From it. The store. Yeah. Uh, like some of them were like, yeah, I found a shiny spot in the dirt and I ground pounded it and oh my god, I moon. Yeah, I agree with it you. It kind of took away. So I'm a, I'm more of a fan of like the sunshine, the galaxy games where you're like you have your hub, but you have all these like wildly different like levels and worlds that have their own like. It's like you go and collect the stars that way. Like that's just what I prefer, and so I like to see it kind of get a resurgence of that kind of genre. That's where I enjoyed the Mario game. Andrew, give me your next one. Okay, well, since you took Golden Sun away from me, I prepared for this situation. And uh, so I am gonna go with Final Fantasy VI. Ooh, interesting. Which I have never played. I think but... collectively. The most well-praised Final Fantasy. Yes. This and 7 were the only two I'd ever really seen thrown around for being discussed as the best. And I had never, ever seen anything about 6. Yeah. So I was wondering why. Uh, And so I think, especially after Octopath came out, I was like, what if they remade 6 in the Octopath style? Oh, yes. Right? (laughs) Do that. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) Have I, you... that's, I think I would love to experience it that way. Have you played uh, six? No, I just said I've never, I don't know anything about it. Okay. I, I, it sounded like you were saying I didn't, and then I played it, and now I love it. No, um, no, no. If, you, if I played another Final Fantasy game, you would have heard about it. That's true. I have also never played six. I've always wanted to because, like I've said, I think it's universally considered the yeah. best. Like, if you, because there are people who love Final Fantasy seven, but there's also people who hate Final Fantasy seven. I've never heard a single bad thing about six. It is right. consistently in the top two. Some people say it's like 10, six, seven. Some people say it's seven, 10, six. Some people say it's 10 or six and then four. And, but like six is always up there and no one's ever said anything bad with it. So I've always wanted to play it. Yeah, um, me too. So I think, especially if they give it that Octopath flair, who baby, I can't wait for Octopath two amazing. for them to fix all the stuff that was bad with the original one. Cause that game's going to be amazing. 
Well, here's the thing, Jeff. If they just put Final Fantasy VI in there, you got that story. I guess that's true. Um, how, would you guys want to put the Final Fantasy VI in the book club? <laughs> how many hours is it? Thirty-five. That's right on par with Okami. So I yeah, wouldn't be opposed. I own it on Steam. Yeah, I have it on Steam. Um, there's a DS version, I think, a Game Boy Advance version. There's a I lot. can now get Steam working. Yeah, there's I own a... it on Steam. Mobile. There's ways to play it. All right, I'm going to put it in the book club because I want to play that game at some point. Cool. All yeah. right. Um, cool, yeah. I would be all for that. Um, oh, yeah. And I like the idea of making it like Octopath, not doing... Um, a seven uh, yeah style. you don't it doesn't need to be this grand no, yeah. 3d thing i think seven worked because the original seven was 3d yeah but i think they, so too. i think keeping the 2d games 2d is fine like what they did remaking four three and four for the ds was was fine um where it was still you know the same two-dimensional world just with a with 3d graphics or mm. 2.5d i guess you could say um but I think keeping six 2D and then just like adding that touch to it would be perfect. I agree. Um, following suit on the Final Fantasy front, I would like to see a remake of Final Fantasy Tactics. They wouldn't have to really do a lot to this. Honestly, they could just bring Final Fantasy Tactics to like Switch or something and it would be amazing. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe just give me a new Final Fantasy Tactics. I just love Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but the oh, story dude. the story from the original is apparently really amazing, and I just the gameplay works so well that I think they could just they could add new jobs and stuff to it and add more like more scenarios and just have it be bigger. I know I'm pretty sure Cloud shows up in it at some point, so like maybe add more Final Fantasy characters from other games as like secret characters and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just bring it to the Switch as like a remastered style game. I would love nothing more than that. If there's uh, Final Fantasy Tactics as a series is so good. Um, uh, before we go any further, I need to point out that in the Google Doc on our list of games, you put Final Fantasy. I spelt it. I I had it with an I first. Is Final Finasty fin, fin, something? Yeah, it was bad. I yeah. I knew that I screwed up. I was gonna go back and fix it later. But um, it's just of all the typos that you could have made, that's probably the funniest. Finasty. Um, sounds like something that would get thrown around in a restaurant a lot. Uh, Derek, give us your next one that you'd like to see remade. Uh. My so my next uh, is one that could could be coming, maybe not. Uh, um, is the original Metal Gear Solid? Didn't they already uh, do that? No, it has never. The PlayStation One game has never been. Uh, I want to say released outside of the PlayStation One. I thought Twin Snakes uh, was wasn't specifically Twin Snakes a remake. Yeah. Uh, technically, I guess Twin Snakes <laughs> was a remake for for the. Um, but assuming the game, Twin Snakes isn't game, a real yeah. thing. Well, assuming that well, even remake Twin Snakes. I think Twin Snakes is is pretty good too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I it just it's the only one that hasn't been updated, even in like HD. It doesn't even have like an HD update, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, and there are rumors going around, or have been going around, that Bluepoint game, uh, who has done, they've done a lot of remasters for yeah, Sony. They I've did heard that name. Yeah, they did the Nathan Drake correct collection. Uh, they did Shadow of the Colossus, which was like a big one. Um, so people are hoping, like, there's rumors that they're working on a couple remasters and one of the remasters supposedly that they're working on is uh uh metal gear solid hmm. so i i the i would just want to see like that game just like kind of you know kind of like final fantasy 7 in like full 3d even though it was 3d like you know just in a high definition you know full 3d game instead of top-down perspective uh you know a lot like the most recent Metal Gear Solid games, um, that would be really cool because it's it is a it's a classic, and definitely deserves to be remade. Nice, I I would play that one if it got remade. Uh, I tried to play the original, the the, I guess it was a port that they put on PS3. Was it just the so original that, game? You, that the one on PS3 is Metal Gear Solid Two. Oh, there is no version of Metal Gear Solid One in, on PS3. No, no, it's just it's Metal Gear Solid Two. It's all the PlayStation Two titles, and then the one PSP title, gotcha. one of the PSP titles. Yeah, Metal Gear is just one of those franchises that I somehow entirely missed out on. Um, yeah, same. So if they remade the first one, that would be a great jumping in point for me. I feel. Yeah, important to note that game remakes in general are a good entryway into a lot of things for me. For example, Crash and Spyro <laughs> and Resident Evil. So. Yeah. <laughs> So um, Metal Gear would definitely be up there for me too if it got remade. Adam, give us your last one. All right, so actually, Andrew, funny you mentioned Spyro. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if you guys ever actually played these, but Andrew, do you remember the like the Legend of Spyro trilogy? Nope. So the first one came out in the GameCube, and the second two came out on the Wii. Wait, if one of them's entered the Dragonfly, then yes. No, actually, these were like. All right, then no. These were these were strange. Like, look up a video of these later because these were like really fun. It was like a darker version of Spyro in a sense. Like, you actually had Elijah Wood voicing Spyro. Ah, then, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was waiting for this moment after you said Elijah Wood earlier. But, um, but, I actually think I do vaguely remember those existing. So, like, yeah, it actually gave you like like Spyro had like a combat system with like attacking with his claws. You can like combo things like you were fighting enemies, like with actual like combat mechanics. And then you did have the breath attacks, which you'd get like four different elements over the course of the game. You could upgrade them as you went along, but it wasn't like the, you know, go complete this level, move to the next thing kind of thing. It was like this overarching story that gave like, you know, purple or something like that, you know? Hello. Hello. Sorry. Hi. I was okay. Yeah. I was making sure I didn't cut out again. You did slightly, but also wow. I think there was nothing much to contribute after what you had said. Sorry. But yeah, it was just they like they got a real cast to voice that game. I, yeah, they, they had Gary Oldman. Whoa. Gary Oldman, David Spade, Wayne Brady, Mae Whitman, Phil Lamar, Mark Hamill. Yeah, that's a had, insane yeah. cast of voice actors. Yeah, for real. But honestly, it was just a lot of fun to play in the GameCube, and I no longer have them. But I just feel like, you know, that'd just be something cool I'd like to see remastered because I'd love to just play through that again. Because it took like that iconic character Spyro, but like 
made it a little more on the mature side and like some more sophisticated combat. Hmm. So I don't know, just like it was a cool direction for the thing in the character that I just like to kind of like. I'm always a fan when you take like an iconic character and you just kind of like re reimagine the gameplay, like maybe take it a different direction, but it's still that all kind of relate to that in a sense yeah nice um all right andrew give us your last one all right so this has been by far my most uh desired video game remake ever and i'm sure i've talked to you about chronicles close xeno gears so um story time so uh, everyone knows Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you know, Cloud yeah. Anime Sword Boy. Fun fact um, has a Xenogears reference in it. True, they cross reference each other because there's a there's a Final Fantasy VII reference in Xenogears at some point. Um, but so Xenogears, uh, the plot for Xenogears was originally pitched as the plot for Final Fantasy VII, but they deemed that it was quote. Hang on, where's the quote? Uh, it was. Oh, give me a second. You can cut this part out. This is some good radio. <laughs> I mean, it's better than us arguing it with each other. Sure. Dude, where is it? It does. Um, dude, I swear to God, I fucking had it like just now okay it was and i quote judged too dark and complicated for a fantasy game oh so Hmm. okay but it was allowed to be made into its own project uh and so um so it was developed uh for the playstation one uh and so largely overshadowed by the release of final fantasy 7 I want to say it came out uh, about a year later. So, like, if you were looking for, like, a big JRPG on the PS1, you probably weren't going to find this one. Uh, And so, like, I feel like it flies under the radar for a lot of people, uh, especially now since it came out in 98. So if you didn't play it then, you're probably not going to play it now. Uh, So it was actually also first uh, originated as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, but then it was turned into an original game. A sequel to um, Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross? Chrono Trigger. Oh, so it was going to be Chrono Cross and then it was going to be Final Fantasy VII and it was going to be Chrono Cross and then it just became its own thing. Yeah. Huh. I didn't and know so that. The guy, yeah, the guy who created it originally worked on a lot of the Final Fantasy games. He was the character, like graphics designer, I think, for seven or six or both. Um, yeah, graphics director. Uh, so he's had a lot of experience doing work with JRPGs before, and then they had this massive, you know, pipe dream project, and that's what this turned into. Mm. Um, but Xenogears is seriously an amazing game, uh, and if it got maybe not the Final Fantasy VII treatment, but just kind of a revamp uh, of graphics, and there was a a big issue because it was such a large uh, undertaking for them to do. They ended up having to kind of cut costs on the on the second disc. So the first disc is like a fully fleshed out, you know, game. Great. And then the second disc basically cuts the gameplay down to 
sit through five minutes of exposition uh and then do like a short dungeon or a boss fight and then more exposition because they just had so much left to unpack and so little time or they were pushed for time or something or that they wanted to get the game out uh so either way if they were able to actually expand that and turn it into the game that it was meant to be then it would be really really amazing hmm. uh it's quite pos quite possibly i would argue the best video game story ever told but I, wow. I know nothing about it, but exactly you saying that makes me have to look into it. So it's seriously amazing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And the combat's great. The music is great all around. It's seriously like just flew way under the radar for a lot of people. Hmm. I've been trying to trying to get the name out of there. But. Speaking of JRPGs on the PS1 that flew under the radar. Are you going to talk about The Legend of Dragoon? I'm convinced that there's only two people in the world that have played this game. Me and my buddy Willis. Because I've never heard anyone even know that it exists. It's called The Legend of Dragoon. It was a PlayStation game. It was developed by uh, Sony. Uh, so it's like a Sony-owned product. The main character of this game was going to be in um, PlayStation All-Stars before that game just kind of like farted out and was not very good um so basically it's almost like a final fantasy type game it's a turn-based battle system jrpg but with this cool so there's two cool mechanics to it there's the dragoon system so think like power rangers where each one each one of the main characters is becomes the chosen one of like the different elemental dragons in the world and so the main character is the the fire dragoon so he's in this and like you transform during battles and you go from just being like a guy to having this sweet like dragon armor and new weapon and you get access to magic spells based on your element um and they basically form like a power rangers team one is each color it's, it's really sweet and then the other really cool thing that this game did was there's a combat system called the addition system where instead of like in final fantasy 7 if you just use the auto attack button you would just run up, slap the guy with whatever weapon you held, and then run back. In this game, each character had like anywhere from six to ten additions. So what it would do is you'd run up and do that first attack, but it's almost like a quick time event where uh, it'll tell you it's either the X button or if the enemy's going to counter, it would be the circle button. And you'd have to basically time it where there's a square in the middle of the screen and then a, a square would like collapse in from the edges of the screen into the middle of the screen. And if you timed it right, you would your attack would keep going so the main character dart his first one was called double slash so he would run up he'd hit with the sword and then if you hit the button at right at the exact time he would do it again and he, every time they'd say the name of the mood if you did it in its entirety so he'd go ha ha double slash and then <laughs> so if and, he turns into a bat he would say bat exactly <laughs> oh my god i love that show so much um but then like once you've done that one so many times you would unlock the next one um and then uh i forgot what the names of them all were but they were really cool and like the more you would do them they'd get complex with like his last one being like eight uh eight uh button presses in a row that you had to time perfectly and it would be like one two three four five six seven eight and like you would just get the rhythm for it with each character and like it was so fun and i think they could if they give this like the final fantasy 7 treatment again it's a really cool story uh has a, like a lot of like there's like this big bad that's almost like Sephiroth. He has platinum hair. He's really mysterious and cool, but he ends up like not being so bad, but he's like 
the sixth Power Ranger. Basically, he has his own. He has the Platinum Dragoon, <laughs> and it just it, it gets insane, and it's really cool. Um, so yeah, they could give this a Final Fantasy treatment and like really flesh out the addition system and like the Dragoon system. And I think it could be an amazing RPG, JRPG. Uh, but I highly doubt they'll ever do anything with this property ever again, which makes me really sad because it's. I think it's really really cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Legend of the Dragoon. That uh, that combat system actually sounds really similar to Xenogears. Oh really? Yeah. So in Xenogears, the way it works is, um, you have a series of ability points or battle points or whatever, uh, and you gain more as you level up, but you start with three. Uh, and so each one of your face buttons, uh, minus whatever one you use to like select things is, uh, a light, medium or heavy attack. And so a light attack costs one point, uh, medium two and heavy three. Uh, and so you can use those to do different combos in battle and different moves. And so eventually the more you use specific combinations of attacks, you unlock death blows, which are. Uh, stronger versions of those uh, button presses, which uh, once you like fully unlock the death blow, uh, it like does a really cool animation and it does like specific things and you know more damage and whatever. And so it's really cool uh, getting to do all the death blows. And then you also have you know the big uh, you know mech battles too. So yeah, and it, I think it uses a similar system there. It does sound pretty similar. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So I'll check out Xenogears if you check out The Legend of Dragoon. Dude, I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Derek, give us your last one. Oh, boy. Um, my my last one, uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert 2. Ah, okay, okay. I didn't know you were a CNC fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, big Command & Conquer Red Alert 2 fan. Um, I have a lot of, lot of, a lot of hours in that game over my, over my life, uh, have revisited it several times. Um, and they're currently redoing, uh, or remastering slash, I think it's also, you know, more of a remake. Uh, they're doing command and conquer one and its expansions and commander conquer red alert one and its expansions. So that comes out, I think at some point this year or next year. Um, so now I'm like, really like, Oh, I really hope they do red alert two and it's uh standalone expansion, Yuri's Revenge next because those uh, the first you know the original Command and Conquer and, and and Red Alert like they definitely need a nice little facelift like they uh, um, there's some you know some of the gameplay mechanics are a little have definitely not aged well uh, you know so it'll be nice to kind of see those in uh, more modern RTS uh, yeah in a more modern RTS style and then uh, Red Alert 2 just like i don't know it's it kind of just perfect perfected yeah i would say it perfected what red alert one did well and did more on top of that and they kind of lost that with when they came out with red alert three it lost a little bit of its a little bit of its charm i feel like so instead of doing more command and conquer games and new games just bring the old ones back <laughs> hmm. that's fair uh did you ever play actually going back to one some of my favorite remakes did you play halo wars or the halo wars remaster that they did before halo wars 2 came out uh i so halo wars is on my list of i played the first one i want to say i almost finished it and then i never finished it but i have it on my on 
my PC, and I want so I want to play it on PC because playing it with the Xbox controller, I don't know, it just didn't feel. It, while it was like built well, I don't know, it just didn't feel the same. It's not so the same, I yeah. do want to. Yeah, yeah. Right. I have. I think I have downloaded Halo Wars and Halo Wars Two through. Yeah. I think they're they're on Game Pass. One v one me in Halo Wars. <laughs> uh, let me play the game. No, first. I don't remember and how then... to play it either. But one v one me. Let's go. <laughs> Just build all the hornets and slap you with aerial units. Uh, that was yeah. That I actually. So I don't know if you've seen uh, Gears of. I don't. Know, I, I don't think you, you're a big Gears of War fan. But Gears of War is coming out with a a, a, a strategy game called Gears Tactics. If you uh, think that I am not aware of Gears Tactics coming out, then you're insane. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I feel like we haven't talked about it. Have we talked about it on the podcast? Darren, no. The name. If the word tactics is involved. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Heard about it. I'm not a Tactic big Gears of deck building. I'm not a big Gears of War fan, but I've been like keeping my eye on this, and it's on. It's gonna come out on Game Pass day and date. So I'm yes. I'm jumping in that. It comes out next Thursday. I want to say. I guess it, or Tuesday. Yeah. It's soon. It's next week, and I'm I'm very excited about it. So we will so talk it's, about it's, it next week. It's not an RTS. It's more like XCOM, but yeah, it's uh, like a yeah. it's like tactic style yeah grid based it's yeah it's gonna be a day one download for me i love i love gears of war i still haven't played the fifth one but i need to i have actually i downloaded it game pass yeah it's on game pass Um, i dante and i played all of them cooperatively and so i I like i feel i i feel uh a little bit um hesitant to play it without him it's like ah i can't how can i you know we've played every single game co-op yeah, together. That, that's understandable. I have my friends with that for Halo too. So yeah, uh, um, I don't think he's ever gonna download Game Pass. Maybe all right. I'll convince him. It's I mean, only a dollar. Yeah, you can get the first month for a dollar. So okay, let's do trivia and yeah. uh, yeah. bring this bad boy before home. that. Oh God, what? Completely unrelated to anything we've been talking about this episode. In my I look, I just went to search and see if Legend of Dragoon happened to be on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not. No. But instead, I found the Legend of Bumbo. What? <laughs> so the legend, the Legend of Bumbo, is a puzzle-based deck-building roguelike prequel to The Binding of Isaac. What? What? Huh? So I oh. thought it looks pretty cool. It's all all the graphics are made out of cardboard. It like looks very stylized, and it has the words puzzle-based and roguelike and deck-building in there. So like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hits that checks a few boxes well i'm looking forward to hearing about it next week because i'm sure you will play 15 dollars. oh actually i was suggesting that you try it out because i don't oh, you want me to try it no nah, dude i'm still uh i'm doing uh, puzzle based deck building jeff yeah i'm still uh balls deep in one step for me then so uh, maybe after I, I i'm through with that um, well at some point one of us should check it out trivia all right so <laughs> yes i i hope you guys didn't forget two hours ago but dan santos gave us two trivia questions so oh yeah so this trivia is just miscellaneous it's going to be a bit all over the place um with two questions featured by uh one of our listeners all right you guys you guys ready yeah oh yeah all right we're gonna start out with question number one which is one of the questions from dan he said does magmar have a beak or lips oh god (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird one but i love it so um all right i got my answer i'm locked in yeah i'm locked in adam does magmar have beaks or lips i want to say it's lips add uh derek i said beak andrew lips 
It is technically classified as a beak. What? Yes. Really? Yeah, I looked <laughs> it up. Time to Google a picture of Magmar. Hang on. Yeah, he has this. It's settling. I don't think I like that. Yeah, I I looked it up because I he he sent that and I was like, I, I don't know. And then yeah, it's a beak. See, sure I second guessed myself at the last moment because it like is looks like a beak now that I'm looking at art, but like I remembered him just like having a cylindrical shape, and I was like, that's lips, right? Yeah, I think it like his sprite in the original games made it look like lips, but it's definitely yeah. a beak. Uh, <laughs> Mag Mag Mortar definitely has lip. <laughs> But, but that's a beak. That's 100% a beak. Uh-huh. Uh, Magmar. So to fill in the three questions that uh, in between Dan's two questions, I decided to focus on a game that I think each of you have a fondness for, but not to the point where the other people might not be able to get it. So question number two, what is Master Chief's Spartan number? Uh, this is a This is the Derek focus question. Derek, if you don't get this right, I'm a slap. Well, how can I get it wrong? <laughs> okay, because I heard you say, uh. Oh. No, that wasn't me. I think that was Andrew. Oh, uh, okay. We'll start. That was me because I like feel like I know it, but also I don't feel like I know it. We'll start with Andrew. Andrew, what is uh. Master Chief's Spartan number? Oh, uh, wait, no, that's the Star Trek one. Um, Gotta give me something. Shit, dude, wait. Can you at least tell me how many digits it is? Uh, three or four digits. <sighs> I, I actually the, those are the ones I was going between. No, uh, it's three digits. Okay. Um, you gotta give me something. One sixty-seven. Adam, what is Master Chief Spartan number? Zero four two. Uh, Derek, what is Master Chief Spartan number? One one seven. That uh, is correct. Sierra 117. I was close. Is, who is Sierra 42? Someone is, I think, 42. Really? I mean, it'd yeah. have to be one of the Spartan 2s. I don't know. Douglas. Um, Douglas is 42. Who's Douglas? He's uh, one of the original Spartan 2s. Oh, see, I don't know a lot about like pre-game, pre-Halo game lore. Um, he I, is... He is... The only other Spartan Halo, two... He's in Halo Wars. Oh, there there are three Spartan 2s in Halo Wars. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other Spartan 2 that I know of is George from Halo Reach was a Spartan yeah. 2. Um, Total guess. All right. Allison also knew the answer to that. She was uh, throwing up the numbers through the window. Nice. Uh, I've only watched you type in that, that code so many times. Yeah, right? It's the code to my phone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> question number three is the Adam question. Which, let's see if you guys were paying attention and read his article. What is the new Hearthstone class? How much were you guys paying attention to Adam? Yeah, guys. We also had a whole discussion about it in an episode. Yeah, we but did. I don't want to know if you remember this. Yeah. Do you listen okay. to Adam when he talks? Derek, uh, what is, what's the new Hearthstone class? Uh, the Demon Hunter. Andrew? Demon Hunter. Adam? Yeah, it's the Demon Hunter. It is the Demon Hunter. Everyone listen to Adam. Good job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that was, see, that was also a subliminal message test. Question number four is the Andrew question. What is the name of Shulk's laser sword in Xenoblade? Oh, I know this one. Xenoblade? Xenoblade? Uh, Douglas Blade? Uh, I believe officially it's Xenoblade. Xeno? Okay. Uh, Derek, what is the name of Shulk's laser sword? I'm going to go with the Crossblade. Adam. The Monado. 
Andrew. The Monado. It is the Monado. He's really feeling it. Monado boy. All right. Derek has three. Andrew and Adam have two. Moving on to Dan Santos's second question. The last question for us, and quite possibly one of the hardest questions ever in all of trivia. <laughs> oh, no. What PlayStation franchise features a game that features a movie about a game? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Can you repeat that? Okay, ready? What Wait. PlayStation franchise features a game oh wait no hang on i i think i worded it poorly what playstation franchise no that's right yeah what playstation franchise features a game that features a movie about a game so we only have to get the franchise correct bonus point if you can tell me the movie that's about a game wait a minute it's really confusing Hang on, so the movie isn't a video game movie, but it's a movie about a video game. Correct. I'll read it to you one more time, and then you guys got to give me your answers. And this movie is featured in the game. Correct. In some fashion. What PlayStation franchise features a game that features a movie about a game? Okay. Uh, We're going to start with Adam on this one. No, please no. Adam? Do you know the franchise? I have no idea what he's talking about. Do you do you even want to bother with a guess? I've got nothing. Okay. Just throw something out yeah, there, just say a PlayStation franchise. I don't. I didn't own a PlayStation. All right, we're just gonna skip on you then, Andrew. Kingdom Hearts. And do you have a guess as to what the movie about a game is? Um, I don't remember any of the name of the Kingdom Hearts movies. Um. No guess. Wait, wait, what? Wait, sorry. What was the question? Follow up question. What PlayStation? Franchise? No, 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 no. What was the the bonus? Oh, can do you name the movie that's about a game? Name the movie. Um, there's a movie that's about a... Wreck It Ralph. Derek, uh, what is the franchise? Ratchet and Clank. And what is the game? Oh fuck! You. Ratchet and Clank. You probably know it. The correct answer is Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yes, let's go. <laughs> and the movie about a game is Tron. So, oh, okay. So, the PlayStation it's, franchise, it's Kingdom Hearts, features a game, Kingdom Hearts 2, that features a movie, Tron, about a game, also Tron. Okay. So, the, so, the movie Tron is in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, you go to the Tron world. Okay, Just, but, you, but I mean, like. Okay. That's so, what. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's, do you understand little, now? I, I thought you meant like at some point in the game you can watch the movie. Tron. No, you go to the like the world of Tron. Okay, that's a little different. So I I am gonna make a case for my answer. Okay. Because the uh the Ratchet and Clank series okay. has a game, Ratchet and Clank, that is based on a movie, Ratchet and Clank, that is based off the video game Ratchet and Clank. Yes, but is the movie like is the world of the movie in the game like you know how in kingdom hearts you're specifically going to the movie world of tron okay i i, I guess i misunderstood the verbiage of the question then. yeah it was a little convoluted i tried to like rephrase it to make it a little easier because yeah, his version words his version was like a little even more confusing than mine i think so um all right well we have a tie between Derek and andrew because andrew <laughs> didn't get the bonus point but he did get kingdom hearts uh, oh, Ralph was a good guess record Ralph was a really good guess that was um, off. That was off the dome piece. Um, so, the tiebreaker question is about 
a game that is all, I think, within the top two of your favorite games of all time. It's about Wind Waker. Oh, baby. How much? And we brought it up in this episode. How much does a Swift sale cost in Wind Waker HD? Adam, you can answer first if you would like for fun. Uh, 400 rupees. Andrew? 80. Derek? I said 500 rupees. The winner is Derek. It is <gasps> 300 rupees. Is Actually, it that high? Yes! Adam was the closest. Hey. I, you wow. know, oh, I had 300 Ooh. originally, and I made it 500. Yeah. Andrew, is... I think you're thinking about the original game. I think the newer one. I think is, it's it, new... is it the regular sale that's 80? I think it's the regular I, sale that's 80. Yeah, I think it's the regular sale. All right. Huh. Congratulations, Derek. You are the that really wrong. The, I've done it. The winner of miscellaneous again. Trivia. He did it again. Oh. Um, all right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Feel free to check out our website, thegamesharks.com. I'm personally working on a review of Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's a, both a review and kind of a in-depth analysis of all of my emotions that have to do with that game. So uh, it's going to take me a little bit to actually get through it all. But look for that in the coming weeks. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are working on anything new to put up on there. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Thinking we'll about really. it. I'm, I'm working my way through downloading some new things for Steam. I think I'm actually going to go download uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Hey, there you go. Yes. Wait, wait, you can't do our... that. That's in our pool. Oh, it's in the yeah. pool? I yeah. forgot that was in the pool. Never mind. Yeah. You um, have to play the sequel instead. Yeah. Nah, no, I don't want to do that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Game Sharks Podcast, where we upload a new photo every week. I hope everybody enjoyed seeing Derek's Batman finger. That was really fun. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, give us your opinion but I, about... You know what's better? What? A Spider-Man Spider- <laughs> Give us your opinion about remakes. If you want to send us questions like Dan Santos did for trivia, feel free. And... Yeah, please, honestly, because those were great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send them our way. That was really fun. Um, all right. Um, so yeah, we will catch you guys next week. Most likely, if everything goes to plan, we're gonna be talking about Final Fantasy VII Remakes full spoilers. So if you have any interest yes. in that, um, finish the game if you're playing it, and if not, we'll definitely we're looking forward to talking about that. So until next week, goodbye, everybody. Later. Adios. Adios.